So to those that are visiting us, my name is Dani. To the Buta family there at the back from Tunin, all the way from Tunin, welcome. Um, we, we trust and we hope that you will really sense um, family, as Release said, but more so, may God minister to you each individually tonight. I trust that, that the word um, that I have for tonight, I picked it up not wanting to say anything because I only have so much to say, and if I say it there, I don't have anything to say anymore in here. But from the prayer, how amazing it is how God just goes before us. Everything that the people said in the group that they sensed, I just chuckled inside because I knew that's what I'm going to preach about. Um, and so that's why I'm saying I really have a sense that God has, has got an appointment with some people sitting here, if not all of us. Yes? And so I know Neil referred to me uh, and Eugene and Jock um, and the father of the Buta family, whose name I forgot, I apologize, as elephants in the room. Um, but what an amazing privilege it is to be a father. Um, and so to you, I know that you, you desire that and you aspire that, and that's good. But I want to say, never underestimate just what happens on this day in the heart of a father. Just every call that you have made maybe today. Um, for my kids, it was a bit tough today because I was up at 4 o'clock to prepare for the morning service, the evening service, and so they couldn't wake up to make me breakfast. Um, but again, just daughter coming, bringing me coffee whilst I'm sitting there getting cold and preparing, feeling sorry for myself. Um, and then getting a shirt. Let me just show my, you my shirt. Don't worry, there's another shirt. This is not one of those moments where we go to social media about the pastor getting undressed, you know, it's not one of those. So my, my son made me this shirt, eh? And so we have to wear it today, and I said to him, I'll preach in it. And so I thought, you know, that was the highlight of my day, my coffee uh, early when I was busy preparing. But then, just imagine this, your son buys you an FJ Cruiser. So at lunchtime, he comes to me with a bag, and he gives me, this FJ Cruiser, and he says, Dad, that's yours. But he also bought one for himself. And he said, so now we can play uh, during the holidays. And so I'm sharing this with you just from a father's heart. Don't underestimate the call that you've made today or the coffee that you've made or the breakfast in bed. Your father's been long awake before you, but he, you know, he's been playing for many years, waiting for you to come, waiting for you to wake up. It means a lot. It means a lot. So thank you to each one that have made the effort just to phone your father today or give him a hug or say thank you. Um, it means a lot. It means a lot. We sometimes feel inadequate. No, mostly feel inadequate. Um, that we, we somehow miss it. And so it's nice just every now and then to hear from your children, well done. Um, even if it's just a card and you can't actually read what it says there, it means a lot. So, moving on. Are you currently aware what is happening around you in the world? Are you? I'm not talking about the war and the apparent earthquake that happened last week, Sunday. Um, I missed it totally. Um, I'm not talking about natural disasters. Let me give you some ideas. This past week, there was this killing again of innocent people on a university environment in Nottingham in England. Are you aware of that? Are you aware... That as we speak, I think we're standing on 139, 138 days into this year 
that year to date, from 1st of January until today, in America, they have had 202 mass shootings taking place. Stats South Africa released figures, statistics about things that they picked up last year and they released it in Feb this year. And so from the statistics, 13, no, 17,345 children were affected by divorce last year in our country. Are you aware of things that are happening around you? Um, <clears throat> reading just in the newspaper that a 15-year-old boy, listen to this, a 15-year-old boy was sentenced, was found guilty, sentenced to prison for stabbing a 14-year-old boy in the school in England, or in a park in England. It's just, it just seems like the world is in chaos. A lot of questions and philosophies and so-called truths that are affecting our belief, what we believe, our belief system, and also just our conduct. You know, are we still, are we still right? Are we still doing what, what is, is supposed to be, be happening? Is what I believe still the truth? A lot of these things happening around us. Let me share more statistics with you. So there's studies that they do, research that they do, to see what is the impact of faith in different generations. And so... Statistics released recently, research released recently, Gen Z. I had to go and read who's Gen Z. Gen Z, if you were born between 1996 and 2012, meaning you are between the ages of 11 and 26, which is quite a lot of you sitting here tonight, eh, Tommy? Um, they say that only 4% of Gen Z have got a biblical view meaning that they view the world and things that are happening around them through the lens of God's Word. Only 4%. So if there's 139 of us here, that's roughly 5.2 individuals sitting here tonight that will look at the Bible, read the Bible, and then make decisions based on truth. And so be careful to think that I'm okay are you studying what you're studying because of a biblical worldview or a money worldview? Are you doing what you're doing because God has said that that's what you should do? Having a biblical view, He is Lord, therefore He should make the decision. He should lead me into my decisions I make of my future. Or are you currently sitting in an environment which you have decided? Because then... It is not a biblical worldview. And so if you go to the book of Colossians, you will see that this is a, this is a congregation, a church, that finds themselves in a similar position. False teachers stood up amongst them, and they were preaching a different truth. What are we experiencing? A different truth. Now currently, what month are we celebrating worldwide? Pride month. A different truth from the truth that they receive, the gospel they receive from Epaphras. And so for the next four weeks, we are going to look at this church and everything they experienced. And we're going to see what Paul is saying to them amidst all of this turmoil that is happening in their midst. 
And so can I ask you, please, to go and read and study the book. Don't come here Sundays just to hear. Go and study it. Go and read it. Go and allow the Spirit to speak to you. Coming here, we will obviously preach on it. Can we commit to that? Book of Colossians, we're going to do for the next four weeks. We're going to read it together. We're going to study it together, and we will preach on it. And so I'm starting tonight, um, and next week, I think it's Eugene that's going to preach, if I remember correctly. Uh, And so... The question we're going to look at tonight is the following. What is pleasing to the Lord, and how do we ensure we walk in a manner worthy of Him? Amidst everything that is happening around us, what is pleasing to Him, and how do we ensure that as believers, we walk in a manner worthy of Him? That's the question we're going to unpack together. And you can open, as I said, Colossians 1. We're going to go to Colossians 1 verses 3. So as you are paging there, let me just give you context a bit more about this congregation. So the the book or the letter to this church was written by a man by the name of Paul. We all know Paul. Um, So he's he's sitting in jail when he's writing this letter to them. The letter is based on feedback that he received from Epaphras. Epaphras went to Rome to visit him. Um, He came to faith, Epaphras, when Paul was preaching Uh, in Ephesus. And so he went back to his hometown, the city where he came from, Colossia, and started preaching the gospel, and he planted the church. Paul never, ever actually visited this church. And so based on the feedback that he gets, he now writes this letter. All the turmoil. Let me give you some examples. In chapter 2, if you go and study and read it, you will see that these believers, they believed in Jesus, that he was a resurrected Christ, And so there was a false teacher coming in saying, yes, but there is more. Jesus is not sufficient. He's not enough. And so that's one of the main topics of this book, the sufficiency of Jesus. He is sufficient. And so you need to uphold the law. There's certain feasts that you need to uphold. You need to still circumcise your sons. You need to pray to angels. Not just to Jesus, you need to also pray to angels. And so a lot of different things were pulled into this congregation. Saying, if you have to pray to G or to angels, that, that Jesus is not preeminent. He is not first, He is not Lord. And there is the second theme of this book. The preeminence of Jesus, which you find in chapter 1, and the sufficiency of Jesus. And so this is what this church is facing. Can you see the similarities? Might be different topics. But it comes to the same thing. Is Jesus still Lord in your life? Is He still sufficient? Or is there more? Is His Word still enough for you? Is His Word still enough for you? All right. So let's read verse 3. Colossians 1 verse 3. We always thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ when we pray for you since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Of this you have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel, which has come to you as indeed in the whole world. It is bearing fruit and increasing as it also does amongst you. Since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth, 
just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant. He is, he is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Let me just pause there quickly. Paul is sitting in jail. He's sitting in jail. Somebody here feeling that you are in a jail? You are caught up emotionally, feeling depressed, all of these things? And so here, this man in jail, short period before he was to be put to death, prays, he intercedes. And so if they let him out, he preaches. If they put him in prison, he prays. What an amazing example of what a believer's life should look like. Not getting caught up in all of the things that are happening around him. He keeps on praying. May that be true of us. Verse 10. And so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power, according to the glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. You are a co-heir. Who are you tonight? You are a co-heir. Do you see it here? You don't have to aspire to anything higher. There is nothing higher. What an amazing privilege. Verse 13. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. Father, I pray that as we just study your word together now, Holy Spirit, that you will minister to us. In the name of Jesus, amen. And so this, this passage, verse 3 to 14, can be divided into two parts. The first being verse 3 to 8, where Paul is giving thanks to God for what he has heard. He's giving thanks that he's heard that they have faith in Jesus Christ, that they love the saints, and that they have hope. He's giving thanks to see or to hear um, that the gospel is spreading amongst them, that it's bearing the fruit. And so that's the first part of this passage, the thanksgiving. Really thanking the Lord for what is happening. Thanking the Lord for the lives in Colossia. But then verse 9 to 14, he changes to interceding for this people. And so whatever he's going to minister to them through this letter in the passages to follow, it starts off with him first praying into it from verse 9 to 14, praying into the circumstances that I just explained to you. And so I don't know if you've picked it up. What is the question we're looking at tonight? Anybody remember the question? What is pleasing to the Lord and how do we ensure we walk in a way, in a manner worthy of Him? Look at verse 10. Verse 10, it says, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. So Paul is busy praying this for them, that they will walk in a way worthy of Him, of God. But in studying that verse, you will see what it actually means to walk in a way worthy. And so there's three things. It's not three points. So listen and think about the question, what is pleasing to the Lord and how do we ensure 
that we walk in a manner worthy to Him. Three things that we see how this walk should look. First being, I'm going to read it slowly, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. How does this look? Fully pleasing to Him. That's the first thing. How does a walk look that is worthy? It is pleasing to Him. Let me show you what it means. Neil, stop showing me the time and walk with me. All right. Okay, thank you. We look like stupid. Let's stop that. How does, it, how does it look when something is pleasing unto him? Husbands, love your wives. Yes? Husbands, love your wives. And so when we love our wives, Jock, it is pleasing to him. Why? Because we are following his word. Wives, submit to your husbands. Wives, when you submit to your husbands, Ephesians 5 verse 21, 22, when you submit to your husbands as the church unto Christ, it is pleasing to Him. Children, when you respect your, children, your, your parents, it is pleasing to Him. Scripture says the following, See to it that you honor your mother and father so that it may be well with you and that you will live long in the land that the Lord has given you. What an amazing promise. But it's also something that we use as parents. Let me give you a hint. It's what we call the takeout verse. It's that zap verse where God comes and He zaps you. Well, if you don't respect me, God's going to sort you out. You're not going to live long. So that's sort of, no, don't do that. Don't share that with your children. That's fear. We don't want to create fear. So what is pleasing unto Him is to know the truth, to believe it, and to live it, that is pleasing unto Him. And so what does a walk look like that is worthy to Him? We know the truth. We believe the truth. And we act on the truth. It's the first thing we see. The second one is we worthy uh, walk bears fruit. A worthy walk bears fruit. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him. Bearing fruit. Worthy walk, bearing fruit. How do we bear fruit? How do we bear fruit? Jesus gave us that answer in John 15. Let's read it together. Verse 4. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. How does it look to abide in Christ? The exercise we just did. You don't have to do that again. <laughs> what does abiding in Jesus mean? How do you bear fruit? You have to abide in him. So then how does it look? Abiding in Jesus means that you follow him and you imitate him. I walk behind Neil. He's not Jesus, but I'm showing the example. And so wherever he goes, I go. Whatever he does, I do. That is what it means to imitate Christ. And so practically, let me try and do this with one hand. It is to daily walk with him. See and do. Abide and do. 
to daily be in His Word, following Him and doing, believing and doing. And so can you see how the two feeds from one another? A life pleasing to Him and a life bearing fruit. When I imitate, when I read and I imitate, I am busy bearing fruit that is pleasing unto Him. That is what a walk worthy of the Lord looks like. And the last one being, worthy walk is when we increase in the knowledge of God. Let me read that one more time. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Increasing in the knowledge of God. We increase in the knowledge of God by reading our Word. By reading our Word and allowing the Holy Spirit to convict us, to minister unto us, to heal us, to free us. That is how we increase in the knowledge of Him. And so if you do not read the Word, you cannot imitate Him. If you're not reading the Word, your beliefs cannot be transformed by Him. Do you remember why Paul is writing this letter to the people in Colossia? They are facing a different truth. And so what is Paul praying? Be imitators of Christ. Be in the Word. Be in the Word. Read it so that you can increase in the fruit that you are busy bearing. So that you can increase in the fruit that you are busy bearing. Let me make this statement. There is no way that you will come to the full knowledge of Christ, understanding everything on this side of the grave. Just this morning, after the sermon, a couple came to me uh, who lost their one-day-old daughter three months ago. There is no way that you will come to the full understanding of Christ on this side of the grave. There is things that we will only understand one day when we face Him. But you do not have to start from scratch on the other side of the grave. Yes? And so walking in a manner worthy of Him means let's increase in knowledge. Let's increase in the knowledge. And so from verse 10, we get the answer of how to ensure that we are walking in a manner worthy of Him. He explains it to us. And so the people in Colossia and to us, we know from just this now, this one verse, how does it look? But here's the question, how do we do it? So let's just picture two paintings quickly. Donnie, we see this is what we should do. Yes, we should be pleasing. We should bear fruit. We should increase in number. But there's also the reality of what is happening around us in the world. And so that is the goal. How do we get there? See, Paul's prayer, as I explained, starts in verse 9. And so we read verse 10 now. And so if you go back just to the scripture that I read in the beginning, you will see that verse 9 starts with the word so. And if you go to verse 10, I see all of you are looking in your Bibles. It's also starting so that. The word so, whenever you see the word so, so as to, so that, it means whatever was said before the word so. Because of that, so do this. And so verse 10 so that you can walk in a way, in a manner worthy of God. 
And so whatever was said before 10, he's, he's saying we can walk in this way because of what happened before. And so the answer we find is in verse 9. And so verse 10 flows as a result out of verse 9. So there's two things that we see. Verse 9, he prays for spiritual intelligence. Verse 10 that we just covered is practical obedience. And so by reading verse 9 together again, and so from the day, there's the word so, and so, so he's praying now because of what was said in verse 5 to 8. He was giving thanks. And he says, because of what we've heard, now I pray for you, the following. So from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Paul is praying for three things, and here you need to take note. Three things. Here's your three points. Here's your three-point sermon. Three things. Spiritual intelligence. Three things that he's praying for in this verse. That they may be filled by God. That they may be filled. There's the first one. In the original Greek translation, that is a passive voice, meaning that is something that God does. It is God that will fill them. Paul is praying, God, fill them. Fill them with your spirit. As a man, you cannot fill yourself with the Holy Spirit. Go and read 1 Corinthians 12. It is Him that gives the Spirit unto us. And so the word filled means the following, to be in, under control of, to be controlled by. So let me, let me just say that verse again. Paul prays, and so God... Let them be controlled by the knowledge of your will. Let them be controlled by the knowledge of your will. Let them be filled by you, God, by your knowledge or the knowledge of your will. Spiritual truth can only be given, communicated by the Spirit of God. And it can only be received and understood by believers, which is why all the things that we say and believe sounds like foolishness to the world. Let me read it to you so that you don't think I'm just saying something that I believe. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9 to 12 says the following, But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear, uh, nor ear heard, nor heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who, who love Him, these things... God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thought except the Spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we, those that are in Christ, those that are sitting here that are saying tonight, Jesus is my Lord and Savior, you are part of that we. Now we have received not the spirit of this world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And so God, grant them, fill them, let them be under the control, let them be controlled by your, the knowledge of your will, which is the second thing he prays for, the knowledge of his will. Remember why he's writing this letter. Don't forget that. He's writing this letter to a church, 
to believers that are, that are confused or getting to the stage of being confused about what is truth and what is not truth. What is happening around us? God, fill them with the knowledge of your will so that they can walk in a manner worthy to you, pleasing you. Can you see the answer which Paul is busy unpacking here in the Scripture? The church in Colossia, at the stage Paul is writing to them, had the Old Testament, they had the Gospel, and they have this letter. And you will see as we preach, there's some practical things that he unpacks and gives them. And so what an amazing place to start his prayer with, where he's praying, God, fill them with the knowledge of your will as found in your word. And so they were filled with the knowledge of God's will through his word. Let me pause there and ask you, what is busy forming your belief and your actions? What is your belief now in this moment formed by? Is it formed by the Word of God? You, if you're not reading your Word, you cannot grow as a Christian. If you're not reading the Word and you're not in the Word, being led astray becomes very easy. See, Satan is a clever individual. He will never take truth and do this. He will just do this. You're not in your word to, lay, to lead, lead you astray will become easy. And so Paul is praying and he's saying, God, let them be filled with the knowledge of your will. And the last thing we see there, that they will be filled with all spiritual wisdom and understanding. The word spiritual wisdom, the word wisdom in Hebrew or Greek means Sophia, which means belief. Let them be filled with, with your will. And so filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom, in all belief and understanding means how we behave. Your belief determines how you behave. What you believe determines how you behave. What do you, what do you believe about living together before you get married? Is it formed by the will of God as revealed to you through His Word? Or is it formed by the truth that you believe is truth because that fits into your lifestyle? And so God, they are facing a lot of turmoil and challenges and heretics spreading something different than the gospel, saying that there is more than you. Fill them with the knowledge of your will, so that their beliefs may change, and it will come in line with your word. And when their beliefs come in line with your word, God, their actions will follow. And so before he says anything, he prays this for them. Be in the word. Be in the word. Be imitators of Christ. How do we walk in a way, manner worthy of him? By allowing him to fill us with the knowledge of his will. How does that happen? By studying his word. By being in His Word, I end off with this. There's a story told about an African tribe, spirit-filled, God-fearing tribe. And so early in the morning, the men would rise, just told them, then they would walk to their secret place, their place where they meet with God. And they would meet with God every morning. And then they would return. 
And so every morning they will get up early and they will walk to their place and they will meet with God. And over years, a footpath forms of faithful men waking up early in the mornings to be with the God of gods. And so it is told that if grass started growing on your path, it was quite clear that you were not meeting with your God. And so the question was posed to you, how is it going with your secret path? I see grass is growing. Church, how is it going with your secret path? How does the scripture apply to us tonight? How does Paul's prayer to the church in Colossia apply to us tonight? Simple. Are you filled with the knowledge of God's will? Are your beliefs based on His will, His word tonight? And is it impacting your actions? We do not have to fear anything. This morning I had a conversation with somebody, just recently had a baby, just said he found himself, him and his wife, at a place this week where they feared for this baby's future, just looking at everything that is happening around us. We are not filled with the spirit of fear. We are filled with the spirit of God. And so when Paul prays this, he's praying to us tonight as a church that we will be in a place where His Word is what guides us, that fills and changes our beliefs and impacts our actions. Amidst everything we face, what shapes your belief and actions? Is it the knowledge of God's will revealed to you through His Word? And are you walking in a manner worthy of Him? Let's pray. Father, thank You. Jesus, thank You that You have not left us alone. You have gone and You have given us the Spirit to guide us and to protect us, to be with us. And so tonight I want to pray this as Paul has prayed these two verses over us as a congregation. And so from the day, from today, I'm asking that you fill this congregation, each individual sitting here, with the knowledge of your will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. I pray for everyone that they will be at a place, Father, where they are constantly walking with you, Jesus. They are imitating you. They are abiding in you, that your word becomes the, the highest sufficient authority in their lives. And they are reading it and they are applying it daily. Pray, Jesus, that as you stand with us every day, that you will find us to be worthy, that we walk in a worthy manner, pleasing unto you, bearing fruit and increasing in the knowledge of you. Don't you just want to respond in silence where you're sitting? Just to this word tonight.